We are on Ksubis Ein Beis Amabay 72b, beginning a new Mishnah. This Mishnah will discuss the concept of Mekach Taos, the concept that uh, when there are assumptions coming into the marriage or coming into the engagement, um, and these are false assumptions, or even uh, specifically when engagements, the engagement, the halakh engagement is done al-tnai, on certain conditions, and those conditions aren't met. So then, our Mishnah will discuss, is it an actual marriage? Is it an actual engagement? Does it require a get? Does it require a, a divorce document? Are these required or are they not required? Again, when it comes to uh, a marriage, there are two parts to a marriage. There's the halachic engagement, referred to as erison, or kiddushin, and then there is the actual marriage, where that, that's when they actually live together. During the time period of the erison, they're not living together. They're not living in one home. Once there is nisu in the actual marriage, then they're living together. During the days of the Gemara, there'd be a year difference uh, for when they would normally get married, which was the age of 12, between 12 and 12 and a half. After that, it would be a 30-day difference. Uh, today, it happens, all of this happens under the chuppah, the erison, uh, the halachic engagement is the giving of the ring, and then the chuppah is a discussion what exactly is the chuppah, but it's either the actual chuppah that we have, uh, the canopy, or it's uh, yichud, or it's um, uh, when they are secluded together. Uh, it's essentially uh, something that signifies the fact that the wife is now entering into the home of the husband. Okay, so says the Mishnah, If a person uh, becomes engaged, he becomes engaged to his halach engagement, kiddushin to his wife, but he does so on the condition that she has not taken upon herself any oaths, any nadarim, and then at, during the engagement period, he finds out that there were actually oaths that she took upon herself. We'll see in the Gemara which types of oaths are we referring to here, potentially. Um, so then we find that she did take upon herself oaths, so then this violate this is uh, does not fulfill the condition and they are not halachically engaged. There is no need for a divorce document. They are not halachically engaged. That is case number one. Case number two is kansastam v'nimtu alenadarm biksuba. What happens if it's not the engagement but it's the actual marriage? They get married. Now during the marriage, it's possible that one cannot uh, the actual marriage. Is really the end of a process. It's the it might not be a, a formal act of uh, creating the relationship, but it's the end of the relationship. It's just the very fact that they're living together. So it's possible that uh, the the actual marriage cannot be done on any condition. The engagement could be done on condition. One can only do make a certain act on condition that such and such happens if they are in control. If I'm in control and I could say, okay, I'm selling you this object. Let's say. You know, obviously a different situation. But I'm selling you this object on condition that such and such happens. So then he has the right to do that because he's in control. So it could be that when it comes to an engagement, halachic engagement, that's when the two parties are agreeing to the engagement. And so therefore they can make it on a certain condition. However, when it comes to the actual marriage, it's the end of the process. And it could just be that uh, it's fundamentally different. That it's just uh, an end result of, of a certain metzias, of a certain just... Uh, reality that uh, the two of them are living together, 
so then it's possible that uh, they cannot make that on any condition. Either way, the point of the mission is that in this case, it's not, there is no t'nai, there is no condition when it comes to the marriage. So let's say there was no condition. And then afterwards, they, after the marriage, the complete marriage, he finds out that she did take an oath. Uh, so then they're still married. They're still married. However, uh, because she took these oaths, like what we had in the previous Mishnah, so if they were to get divorced, there is no ksuba. She does not receive her ksuba. She does not receive the money that she received at the end of the marriage because uh, she uh, was taking these oaths and uh, the husband did not know about it. And uh, he thought uh, he thought that, you know, like what we had in the last Mishnah, it's not, uh, it's not proper for her to take these nidarim. Um, it's not uh, the type of, it's not the marriage that, that he expected or wanted. And so therefore, uh, they, they, uh, they leave with, if they, if they were to get divorced, it's without a ksuba. Now, just on that line alone in the Mishnah, we will see in the Gemara, probably in the next class, that this is really um, a discussion. What exactly is the case, this last case? Is it the case where when they were halakhically engaged, was there, a, is it working off the first case? Will, was there a condition in the first case? In that case, during the engagement period, was there a condition that she cannot take uh, on condition that there are no oaths, that she didn't take any oaths, and then they get married? But uh, once they get married, maybe maybe he's forgoing that uh, condition, or perhaps no, that's not the case. The case is uh, uh, the case is in, is dealing with a situation where during the engagement and during the marriage itself, there are no conditions. There were no conditions. So then even if there are no conditions, they, they have, if they want to get divorced, they have to get divorced. But she does not receive her ksupa because she's somebody who takes nadarim, who takes all these oaths. That is all part one of the Mishnah. Part two of the Mishnah is, If he gets engaged to, his, to the kala, to the bride, on the condition that she doesn't have any blemishes. The blemishes, as we will see, is referring to blemishes that also disqualify a kohen, from serving in the base of Mikdash in the temple, um, but he makes such a condition, and v'nimtu uh, in We find that afterwards that she has these movements, she has these blemishes. They are not halakhically engaged. There's no need for a divorce document because they're not engaged. They're not halakhically engaged because the condition was not fulfilled. Similarly, However, if they get married and there's no condition during the marriage, they just get married. So, and then he finds out afterwards that there were certain blemishes. So then they require a divorce document. Um, they require a divorce document, uh, but if they were to get divorced, but there is no ksuba because she has these blemishes. So therefore there is no ksuba. And the last line of the Mishnah is, that like we mentioned before, any blemish that applies to a Kohen in terms of disqualifying him from serving in the temple and the base of Mikdash would also uh, be a, uh, a significant blemish to say that she did, would not be able to receive her ksuba because uh, this was done, even though it's a marriage, because they got married, uh, but it was under certain assumptions, which uh, uh, he was assuming, which uh, that she wouldn't have a blemish, and she does have a blemish, and so therefore she does not receive her ksuba. That is the end of the Mishnah. Now there is a big discussion, a big discussion uh, that we know from elsewhere that, that there are actually cases where um, even if there isn't a condition on the engagement, let's say there's no condition on the engagement, they just get engaged without any 
a stated condition that she doesn't have a blemish, we know from elsewhere that if she has a blemish, so then that is a mekachtos that retroactively uh, establishes that there was no engagement whatsoever. So that seems to go, at first glance, it seems to be uh, a contradiction to what we're saying in our Mishnah, because our Mishnah is discussing cases where he stated explicitly that it's on condition. But it seems to be that even if it's not on, there are other sources, other Gemaras seem to imply that even if it's not stated explicitly on condition, even if they just get engaged, he finds out afterwards that there was a blemish, so that it, it, it undoes the engagement. So there are different answers that are given. It could be that that would only be the case if uh, he find, finds out during their, the engagement period, but once they get married, so then that's a, that's a complete marriage. It could also be it depends on the type of blemish. It might, might depend on the type of blemish. There are, not all blemishes are equal. It could be that a certain type of blemish, let's say the fact that she can't have any children, so then that might undo the, the, even the engagement retroactively, completely. But if it's a lower level blemish, so then uh, it would be viewed as, as married. Uh, but if they get divorced, so then she would not receive her ksuba. Okay, that is the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, the Gemara says that this Mishnah is already found in a different Masechta, in a different tractate, in Kiddushin. And the Gemara explains the reason is, is because our Mishnah is really discussing two different topics. It's discussing the topic as to whether or not it is a valid marriage or a valid engagement. And then they're also discussing the separate factor of whether or not she is deserving of her Ksuba. So these are two different issues. So in our tractate, in our Masechta of Ksubas, we're focusing on the Ksuba, whether or not she should receive her Ksuba. So, and then as a, as a side topic, we also mention whether or not it's a valid engagement or a valid marriage. In Kiddushin and, the, and elsewhere where this is discussed, the main primary focus is on uh, whether or not it was a, an established marriage or not. And then uh, secondary to that, we then mention whether or not she is deserving of her ksuba. Okay. That uh, Rabbi Yochanan says in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yotzadak, when we in our first case of the Mishnah, the first case of the Mishnah, we said he says that on, that uh, we're discussing the Dharm oaths that she takes. So he says these are limited to cases where, as we will see, it causes pain to her, it causes her to suffer, such as. Uh, that she takes it upon herself that she won't eat meat, or she takes it upon herself that she won't drink wine, or that she will not uh, put on specific types of uh, nicer clothing. Um, and so she's causing pain to herself. So in those cases, if that's, those are the types of oaths that she's taking, so then uh, the rulings of the Mishnah would apply. This is also found in Abraisa. That uh, the, the Mishnah is referring to specifically these oaths where it causes herself to be in pain by not eating meat or drinking wine or wearing nicer clothing. There is a discussion amongst the commentators whether it's limited to those three or whether it really applies to more than those three. Any situation where she causes herself pain, that is, that is a, a discussion amongst the commentators. But the question is, what case are we referring to? We had two cases in the Mishnah. The first case was a case where uh, the the husband says that I'm I'll become engaged to you on the condition that you don't have any nadarim that you don't have any oaths. The second case is where he doesn't mention anything about oaths when they get married when they get fully married. So what case are we referring to? So Rapapa says Ilemarisha came to Kakapirafilikomilidnami. Rapapa says he said and if it's the first case he says explicitly 
I'm, I'll become engaged to you on the condition they don't have any oaths. Any oaths means any oaths, not just limited to the oaths that cause her pain, uh, but any oaths it should be. So must be, says Rapapa Ella Seifa. It's going on the second case of the Nadarim, of the oaths, where he doesn't say anything specific. They, 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 they get married, and then it's find out later that they have that uh, their oaths, and, and so it's limited to, if she doesn't receive her ksuba, it's limited to the cases of uh, oaths that cause her to be in pain, to be, be in pain and suffering. That's the position of a papa. However, Ravashi Amar Olam Aresha, Umidi Dikapti Ba Inchi, have a kpeda kpeda, Midi Dikapti Ba Inchi, Lo have a kpeda kpeda. Ravashi says no. Ravashi says it could be, it's also going, it could be going on the first case. The first case is that the husband says that I will become engaged to you on the condition that you don't have any oaths. What oath are you referring to here? Ravashi says it's referring to oaths where if most people uh, would be upset about this, i.e. oaths that cause her to suffer and to be in pain, so then that's the oath that he's referring to when we interpret his words. He says on the condition that there are no oaths. We mean no oaths whatsoever? No, it means specifically oaths that would cause her pain, but it, uh, but other oaths which people are not so mockbit on, they're not, they, they aren't upset about the fact that their wife is taking such oaths, so then that's not what he's referring to. We sort of in, reinterpret his, his language. Tosos already points out, and we'll conclude with this, Tosos points out that certainly if he, if he says that it's on the condition that all oaths, and I mean specifically all oaths, every single oath, or a specific kind of oath, even if it's not uh, one that causes her pain, so then that would, that would work as the condition. Uh, that, would be, you know, that, that would be acceptable. It's just that when we interpret his words, we're trying to interpret his words, this is what Ravashi is saying, he says on the condition that there are no oaths, it really means, it doesn't mean any oath, it means specifically ones that cause the wife to be, the wife is taking this oath to, that causes her to, to suffer and to be in pain. Okay, this is a shorter recording. We're uh, heading into Adaf Ayin Gimel 73, and uh, we will be, continue this discussion uh, in the next class.